What up, Hyper Change? Welcome to another episode. We have got so much battery day analysis and catching up to do. Uh, it's been about a week or 10 days since Tesla's battery day. I road tripped down and back. I've had some time, rewatched it like three times, um, even at the battery day tour when I was attending, got a sneak on a VIP investor tour to actually see the new battery cell production plant that Tesla has in Fremont, California. Uh, there is so much to cover uh, about this Tesla battery day. I think a lot of this has gone over the head of the traditional media um, and financial analysis community because this is deep technological breakthroughs. This is about bringing uh, science and deep, deep engineering uh, into commercialization. And it's a lot of, frankly, really nerding out on battery tech that a lot of people just, you know, aren't doing. But we're going to do it today. So uh, Tesla, uh, you know, the big the big deal here with battery day is, you know, how do we scale battery production? If Tesla is going to sell millions of cars that change the world, that transition us to electric cars, they need to build a massive amount of batteries, literally more than, you know, exists today. And that is the problem that Tesla starts out by framing this is that battery production today is about, you know, 100 gigawatt hours for electric vehicles. We need to hit 10 terawatt hours and 100x increase to be able to pump out enough vehicles every year to transition the whole fleet to electric over 15 years, 150 terawatt hours, 10 terawatts a year. So, that is this goal, this massive, you know, frankly, that all of humanity has to scale battery production uh, to that level. And so the other part of that is not just cars, but the actual grid itself is going to require another uh, 10 terawatt hours of energy uh, or battery production a year to transition from 100 gigawatt hours today. So this is, to me, the limiting factor, the biggest bottleneck constraint of how do we tackle the climate crisis is how do we scale that battery, amazing, cheap, efficient battery technology and get those battery cells everywhere in the world so we can stop using fa fossil fuels. That is what that was about today. And Tesla, frankly, is like nobody, the supply chain on the back end isn't moving fast enough to scale to where we want to go to be building millions of cars per year and really making a difference, not just doing a couple cars here and there. So we're going to do this in-house. We're going to vertically integrate. You know, at first Tesla got bought their cars from Lotus. Then they started building them in-house in Fremont with the Model S. Then they started doing battery uh, pack production more in-house in Nevada with Panasonic still building the cells. And now today they're not only building themselves themselves, they're also building the cathodes. And they also talked about getting into mining. So really what today was, was not about Tesla's new battery cell, wasn't about products. To me, it was about the launch of a truly a battery division for Tesla and a new group within the company um, that is a targeted group of engineers to bring new advancements in battery technology to market. It's going to be a variety of different cells, a variety of different chemistries. But what it's amounting to is Tesla is going to be able to scale its battery production to meet all of these new crazy product ideas that it has. So now let's break this down. This is the, uh, the, the chart that Tesla sort of uses to break down the five categories of innovation that they did. So it's not just one innovation. There's like five scientific breakthroughs here that occurred at once. Let's start with the first one here, cell design. So this is the, the big, I, I think personally, this is the thing that most excited me was Tesla's getting into making and designing their own battery cells. And we knew that if they didn't have to do that 2170 cell, Elon Musk could go to the drawing board um, with this potentially electric, you know, dry electrode format, a new way to heat and cool the cells with the tabless electrode. Um, they could design a much bigger cell. So basically, the biggest uh, thing about the cell redesign, and forgive me, I'm not a battery expert, I'm a little over my head here, but I'm trying to do my best, but is the removal of the tab. Every single battery cell has this little tab thing um, that requires, and all the energy funnels through that. And it's a big sort of bottleneck um, for the entire way the battery works. And so the biggest breakthrough that Tesla has with their cell is this tabless electrode. It looks beautiful. It's like all these little sheets 
um, it, it, you know, simpler manufacturing, fewer parts, 5x reduction in um, an electrical path. And so it looks like a bunch of mini tabs essentially stacked into one rolled into this, but it's so much more efficient um, than the current cell. So Tesla unveils this incredible new cell for the 4680, essentially uh, 46 by 80 millimeters, 6x power, 16% range increase, 5x the amount of energy. So this is the new battery cell that is frankly the unbelievable game changer. And, and basically because they've allowed unlocked this new heating and cooling mechanism for the cell and this tabless architecture, that's allowed them to do the bigger cell, which everybody knows could mean that they could squeeze more energy into these packs. And so basically what we have here is this tabless electrode breakthrough is allowing Tesla to have this new form factor of the cell that holds way more energy. And that in turn is going to allow them to redesign the whole way the battery pack works around this new battery, not even just making a battery, making a structural piece of the car. Um, but we're going to get into that in a sec. So huge shout out to, to uh, the limiting factor. One of my buddy YouTube buddies who I had on this uh, channel a while ago, he nailed this and he has incredible deep dive technological videos if you want to get uh, more into that. But then, so Tesla shows us that and then we go into the next part of this, the actual cell factory, how these battery cells get produced, not just designing the cell on paper, but how do we actually build this thing? And this is the part to me that I, when I got the tour of, I was totally blown away. And when Drew says like, this isn't a pilot plant, like we're actually building these cells down the road. That's what I love about Tesla. They don't just show it, they're doing it. They're building this massive uh, production plant there. And a lot of it starts with the electrode, which typically is a wet process. They bought Maxwell Technologies, as you know, if you've been following Hyperchange, and they've innovated with the dry electrode they showed us a really cool video about how they do use that dry process to turn powder into film. Um, and this is a revolutionary way that allows them to speed up the manufacturing of their battery technology. And then they have this high speed continuous motion assembly, which I saw in person. I mean, this is just insane. The way the speed is just, it's like bullets that are coming out of this thing. Um, and they say this new assembly line is capable of 20 gigawatt hours of production, a 7x line input. So this is to me why it was called Project Roadrunner, the code name of this, because it was all about increasing the speed speed at which these batteries could roll off the production line and the fact you know the throughput of these lines is insanely faster than anything historically and that's going to lead to all sorts of improvements in terms of cost efficiency ability to ramp all that sort of stuff and I mean, the way that they're automating this factory is insane. I mean, uh, when I got the tour, they were mentioning that a lot of this um, is actually due to Groman Engineering. And I think this is a big part of it. Groman was a German sort of automated robotic manufacturing company they bought a couple of years ago, and they've been using them at the Gigafactory in, in Nevada. And I was when I was doing the tour of the Nevada Gigafactory, they really interestingly showed me on the line how they were automating, basically, you know, removing human tasks with machines that were designed in-house by this Groman unit for Tesla. And it sounds like a lot of that expertise has been carried over into this battery production division. Really fascinating to see how Tesla repurposes this automotive robotics production company, Groman, into battery cell, you know, parts. And they've really, you know, turned this Groman engineering company into like a crazy R&D powerhouse that's building all these massive machines that go into the Tesla factories. Anyway, that's something to nerd on out right there. But then the craziest part about all of this is this new cell and the new way to produce it. This is the part that blew my mind. They say they're gonna be able to hit 100 gigawatt hours in 2022 and three terawatt hours by 2030. First of all, all of Tesla right now to build 500,000 cars is doing about 35 gigawatt hours of battery production. They're saying with this new cell, they can get to triple that capacity in 2022. I totally think this is, it's way too good to be true. I mean, this is insane. That would be 100 gigawatt hours. That's five of these production lines that can each do 20 gigawatt hours each. I guess they're gonna do one in Fremont. They're gonna set up four in Austin is my guess, um, or maybe a couple in, in Berlin too. But I mean, this is insane. To me, this is the stat that totally blew me away is that this is a lot. And I think they were sandbagging how ready this is for commercialization, not to Osborne effect new products. Because the fact is, if they can get to 100 gigawatt hours in two years, I mean, the amount of novel shit Tesla's doing here of 
scaling this battery from, in, you know, new cell design, new way to build the cell, new cathode production, like all of these different puzzle pieces uh, going into commercializing this cell. It's going to be take a take a lot to actually get it into commercialization, into a working product um, at all. And the fact that they think they can hit 100 gigawatt hours, and this isn't even just you know, Tesla, this is, or this is just Tesla's internal cell production. You talk about what they're doing with CATL and Panasonic, you know, that's another million cars a year worth of battery cells they're going to be getting by 2022 from those partners. This hundred gigawatt hours is another, you know, million, two million worth of vehicle cells. So in two years, Tesla's basically reading them into the lines here saying that they can have enough battery cells to pump out 4 million cars a year. That's, I don't know. That's basically what I'm reading uh, by the end of 22, 2022. That'll let you, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is exactly the kind of crazy scaling that Tesla needed to, to really uh, turbocharge revenue growth going forward. I mean, this blew me away. And three terawatt hours by 2030. I mean, these are the numbers that are showing how Tesla quickly scales into the hundreds of billions of revenue range um, through this decade as they as they hit some of these battery pack numbers. I mean, if you just back out how many how many vehicles this is, it's, it's tens of millions at three terawatt hours of vehicles. And I'll let you figure out how much revenue that is. Those two com combinations result in a 32% dollar per kilowatt hour reduction. The new type of cell, the new way to build that cell. I actually think that's the bulk of the innovation that excited me. Uh, this next part in the anode materials, they're using silicone, which usually expands and doesn't work. They have some new way where they calculate in the expansion. So I don't know, this is a little over my head, but it's only a 5% cost reduction. Uh, I, I don't know, I, I didn't know enough about the silicone anode part of it. You can leave that below. Um, but I thought the next part of this was very interesting, which is how they talk about the cathode and this diversified cathode approach to have sort of a bifurcated different seg battery uh, strategy for each type of product. And if you think about it, I think this is brilliant. The Model 2 doesn't need as much stress on its batteries as semi-truck. You can put a cheaper battery in there, charge less for it versus, you know, the Cyber or Semi where you need to pull up these crazy weights. You need to have all this performance. You need to have a different battery cell. You want the nickel-based cell versus the iron-based cell. So, and then nickel-manganese for that sort of in-between long range. So, I think it's really cool to see how Tesla's bifurcating this battery approach for different needs for different vehicles. Um, and it's obviously, I think this slide to me shows that beyond the Plaid Model S, you might be like, well, what are the first cars these new battery cells are going into? It's going to be the Cybertruck and it's going to be the Semi coming out of Austin. That's why I think they're going to set up all these battery production lines in Austin, which is what I've been saying pre-battery day, honestly. Um, that's what exactly what I think they're going to do. And then use this Fremont production line for the Plaid Model S. But, uh, I, you know, we're not going to be seeing these actual new cells and vehicles until late 2021, it sounds like. But anyway, going back to this, the cathode, this is the next piece of the puzzle here, the way that cathode production works. And I've said this before, but like, and Elon says in, in the presentation, like that little nickel atom goes around the world like 10 times before it actually gets in the car because, you know, you're mining it and then you're shipping it to China to get turned into a cathode. Then you're shipping it here to get turned into a cell. Then you're putting it here to get in the car. Then you're shipping the car to the person. I mean, it's crazy. And so Tesla has this vision. And this is what I was not expecting. I was expecting the new cell. I was expecting the new uh, cell production plant. But the new cathode, this is another step of vertical integration that to me was five years down the road that Tesla just swallowed up now. Savage. And now instead of shipping it to China, they have the cathode production site on plant or the, the cathode production site uh, like right there as part of the Fremont plant. Uh, as part of the battery plant. And so when I got the battery cell production line tour, they were like one more thing. And that one more thing was not a Model S plaid ride, unfortunately. It was the tour of the cathode production line. So nerdy. Um, but I absolutely love that. And it was just fascinating to see how they're doing the cathode production in-house. It's over my head. I thought that would have been way too hard, but apparently they're pulling it off. 
and they even say they're going to build a Tesla cathode facility in Nevada and to shorten the travel distance of these cathodes. And to me, it's like, it kind of makes sense because instead of spending all that money to ship the cathode all around the world and repackage it here to ship it to here to do that, if you do it all in site, maybe we can stomach some of the cost of that new technology because we're having it travel less and we're not forcing it to get packaged. There's a lot of streamlining vertical integrations that go on there. And I thought it was fascinating that um, I actually got to talk to Drew a little bit and the executives after I snuck on the investor tour. Um, and they were saying how, you know, there's so many, like, like there, there's so like, like a bottling factory. They show this footage of these, these crazy factories that have been perfected for decades. You know, all this technology, all this machinery, all this equipment, the, the like almost the golden age of American manufacturing that we lost. And they were showing that to their team to be like, look at how we can refine this. Look at how amazing and automated and precise and beautiful these bottle making machines are to get inspiration for the battery team. And so, I don't know, this kind of me getting sidetracked, but I loved that kind of philosophy of like this romantic, the romanticizing of American manufacturing and bringing it back and glorifying it, making it something awesome that should be, you know, is, is a miracle of engineering. And that's really what Tesla's going for here. But anyway, so they're doing the cathode and they're not even just doing the cathode. They also want to get into uh, clay mining, basically. So they have also bought a, a clay mine in Nevada. So they're going to basically mine this lithium and then turn it into a cathode all on site and then ship it to Fremont. I mean, the amount of steps and distance traveled they have just taken out of the battery supply chain here is absolutely insane if they can pull this off. And I think this is a lot of early R&D, but I was actually talking to someone, uh, shout out to Alex Grant, who uh, was sort of an expert in clay extraction. He's written a bunch of interesting stuff. Stuff. I'll put a link below to his latest article. And he's been following like 30 or 40 of these clay extraction lithium products around the world. And it's interesting to see that this is sort of emerging as new technology. Now Tesla's hopping on board. He was so pumped. He was like, wow, Tesla's validating this crazy new mining technology. And it sounds like they're experimenting with it as well. And this is some new thing that a lot of the old mining companies are kind of, you know, shrugging at and, and you know, shrugging off. It's like, oh, you know, that's not the way to do lithium. We have to do it our way. There is no cheaper way, better, easier way. Of course not. And, but I, it looks like there actually might be. And that's what Tesla's dabbling with here in in Nevada. Can they pull it off? I don't know, but that's what they're dabbling with. So I mean, there's so much here. So now they're even getting into cathode and mining. And what comes next is the structural engineering of the battery pack. And this is a little bit uh, not entirely has to do with the battery. My Model Y, I think the thing that we're in right now, I'm hoping, I'm praying has a new casting because they basically said right around mine, when mine was born early September that they have started to implement this new mega casting machine um, at the Giga or at Fremont that is this new unibody, unibody assembly, Giga Casting Innovations. It's a new alloy with no heat treating or, or uh or coatings. They've literally developed this new type of aluminum to do this. I mean, this is a wild technology that Tesla has to stamp like the entire piece of the car in, in one move. I mean, it's so, so cool. But why that has to do with the batteries is it allows this crazy new structural engineering of the entire way the battery pack works. Um, and, and, and along with this, they've removed, uh, basically this is cell to pack technology. They've removed the modules, um, all of that stuff, all this structural sort of filling, and they literally just had the cell and the structure. And so now the, the battery cell is actually actually a structural part of the car sort of contributing to how the car, uh, the rigidity of the car. And they have this really cool slide that sort of shows that. And then you can see it maximizes the space. You can squeeze more battery cells in because you don't have the module um, and you don't have to, you know, have structural support because the batteries are that structural support. So it's a G it's so simple. It's so genius. It's so first principles. It's so Elon Musk. And he has this crazy thing about how when you squeeze in the batteries and make them tighter in the more center of the car, it adds this sort of je ne sais quoi of how you drive it. It, it feels better and tighter because the center of gravity is there like a ballerina. When you tuck in, your spin's going to be better, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, the point is I totally buy that. And if you feel that the tighter, more lower of center gravity battery pack is going to improve the driving experience as well. And it makes it less 
likely for the batteries to get impacted in a collision because they're tighter in the middle of the car. So lots of crazy shit uh, announced there. Excuse, excuse my French, but I mean, the entire way they're thinking about structurally redesigning the car with these cells to just maximize every inch. I mean, when you look at the, the GM or Jaguar, these cars that I've seen at, in Detroit at Monroe and Associates, they rip these cars apart. I mean, the, the amount of wasted space, they're literally running this car on the same production line as ICE vehicles. They're taking out the ICE engine, just plop it in a battery where they can fit, fit it. I mean, the level of engineering versus Tesla, who starts from scratch and first principles to maximize every little square inch. I mean, this is it's a revolution in manufacturing uh, that is just so far ahead of what anybody's doing here. Almost every single one of these innovations is literally cutting edge, um, totally paradigm changing in its own right. Adding all of this up, uh, you know, we get a 54% increase in range. I mean, huge potential here with these new cells, a 56% reduction in the cost per kilowatt hour, and a 69% a reduction in the investment per gigawatt hour of production capacity. So basically they're saying we're going to get cells with way more range that we can build for way cheaper, that production lines are easier and cheaper and faster to set up. It's the holy grail. It sounds simple, but what the secret sauce here is Drew and Elon and, a, and an army of the smartest engineers in the world cranking around the clock for years in stealth mode on this project to bring, bring battery cell production house, rethink how all of it's done. And when you think about Tesla for 15 years of battery experience, dealing with these electric cars, billions of miles traveled, billions of miles, real world miles on their cells, uh, you know, working with all these suppliers, they have so much experience and expertise in actually putting a million electric vehicles on the road for billions of miles that no Nobody has. And that learning and that expertise and that failing of each step of, of working on this technology is what has led to all these innovations and this incredible success. The only way Elon and Drew could have schemed this up is if they had been working on this for 10 or 12 years. And, and it's the cumulative, the cumulative knowledge of Tesla um, is, is insane. And now that they have so much money, they're not resource constrained. They have billions of dollars in the bank to fund what is an, essentially this battery skunk works division um, that is already coming up with this. I mean, now Drew just has more money all the best en engineers in the world are even more hyped to go there. Tesla's billions of dollars to spend on this. It sounds like they've already got a production line working for a certain amount of cars. You know, that Plaid Model S that just set the Laguna Seca record, it looks like that, was using those cells. So, I mean, this is, I think Tesla's is significantly downplaying. I mean, okay, here's my yin and yang. Yin and yang one. I think Tesla's Osborning, they don't want to Osborne their products. They're totally downplaying how big of an impact this is going to have. They didn't want to say the Model Y is going to have 500 miles of range with these new cells. They don't want to say that how dope the Model S Plaid is going to be. They don't want to hype it up too much because they don't want to kill sales of their current cars today. So that, that sort of, you know, I don't know. That makes me think that they were sandbagging it and they're actually way ahead of the curve. On the flip side of that, I'm also like, wait, this is a totally new battery technology from scratch. Panasonic, the cells in this car right here have been in, been in production for decades and decades. Like that bottling plant that we saw that took decades to refine to perfect, you know, that is what Panasonic has done. For Tesla to scale this novel technology on so many levels, production, cell design, tablets, cathode, all of that in a new cell and actually get, get like Elon says, from lab to pilot where they're at now to mass scale working in a car, I still think that's a long way to go to get the reliability and the yield to get there to really commercialize it. And so, I don't know, that's my yin and yang was how much of this are they downplaying to Osborne or how much is Elon and Drew being too optimistic about really scaling this? And so the 100 gigawatt hour number in 2022 is absolutely blowing my mind if that is even remotely possible. Uh, if they could even do 20 working gigawatt hours by the end of 22, I would be pumped. And um, because of just how big, and Elon Musk even says that here, like 
for people who know cells, for people who know batteries, this is an insanely big deal, an insanely big innovation. Um, and that could not be more on point. I mean, this is something that Panasonic, CATL, BYD, uh, LG Chem, Ford, GM, every single, Amazon, Apple, every single company in the battery world has been trying to commercialize and do what Tesla's just about to do, and they can't. So that that shows you how much expertise and engineering and knowledge uh, is really in this company. And just frankly, the amount of technology here is insane. And so what is this really going to enable? A lower cost trajectory in the pa in the dollars per kilowatt hour of the battery pack. So now that we can get lower in the cost trajectory um, of the way this all works, Tesla is going to be able to drop the Model 2, or that's what I'm calling it, the $25,000 car. To me, this was one of the biggest things to come out of this meeting. If you're an investor, if you're a long-term investor like me, Tesla, if they're going to be worth trillions of dollars, they're going to be making tens of billions of hundreds of billions of cash flow, right? Or whatever. They have to make a lot of cash flow to justify these valuations in theory. So how are they going to do it? It's no product that exists today. It is, or maybe it's the semi and Cybertruck, but it's really the Model 2. It's the autonomous $25,000 car that's going to have the new 4680 cell in it that's going to be driving us all around every city on the Tesla network. And that is, that's going to be getting everyone from A to B. You know, you, you use, I'm using my, my iPhone right now to record this. I'm on my phone all day. I'm ordering everything on Amazon. Those are trillion dollar companies. I Google everything, you know, for Tesla to really hit that mass market for it to be that game changing trillion dollar company that we all want it to be. It has to be moving a bunch of a huge portion of humans around and it's not moving. And I think the, the way to unlock that is an autonomous $25,000 car. And that is what this battery cell and battery division are going to enable is the mass scale production, the technology behind bringing a $25,000 car to market profitably and being able to sell 10 million of them. It sounds easy on paper, but it's, it's almost impossible to do. It's going to take a gargantuan reinventing of the entire minerals and material supply chain. That is what Tesla is doing. They're literally pushing the envelope on battery design, on battery production, on cathode design, on cathode production, on silicon anode design, and on mining all at once. All of these five frontiers need to be pushed on at once to be able to supply, expand the supply of electric vehicles to where we need to go to get off of fossil fuels. And so to me, oh my God, the people that say this day is a disappointment. You are the financial, I actually kind of blew up on Yahoo Finance and uh, they, they de like deleted my interview because, oh my God, the, they're just so, they, nobody's doing any research. I mean, I, it's really, it's really sad to me that, that people aren't appreciating how exciting this is and how much of an amazing piece of good news this is that Tesla is really pushing forward this green technology. They're, they're doing this battery stuff that is, you know, as much as everything in the world is like, I don't know, I feel like the world kind of sucks right now, but this to me is such a bright spot of amazing news and amazing hope that we have so, so many smart people working on this, such an important critical piece of technology for our future. And it's advancing so fast because we've got Elon and Drew scheming on it. Like this is such good, exciting news and uh, for the world and the planet. And then also for shareholders, because now we know how that $25,000 Model 2 is going to be achievable. We know they can make 10 million of those that can be robo taxis that are generating hundreds of billions of cash flow to achieve that valuation that we all need to get our investment returns from here or whatever. So I think that is all so, so exciting. Um, and anyway, you know, I, I'm going to be very curious to see where we go from here, because I think we're still a long ways from commercializing this cell. Plaid Model S, late 2021, Cybertruck, late 2021, Semi, 2021. Like we're still a year away from all these products. Those are the first three cars, in my opinion, that will have this new cell. And so um, I still think maybe there's a couple more roadblocks to go. I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm really deep down. I'm conflicted between Tesla downplaying this to Osborne and then being too cocky about scaling a totally game-changing technology. But I mean, it's not about the 4680 cell. It's not about this generation of equipment they're on, which is version four. It's about the pace of innovation. Tesla is moving so quickly at this battery technology. Like I said, it's not the battery cell, it's the battery division. That to me was the big takeaway. That's what I got from talking to Drew is that it's really 
this this in-house team within Tesla that is going to continually push and commercialize these breakthroughs is insane. They also talked about recycling, um, and I thought it was really interesting about how once you like once we produce enough electric vehicles to be on the road, then we're just going to recycle all the old electric vehicles to use the materials for the supply chain, and we can stop mining. Even the way Tesla's mining of you know getting all this lithium from the ground in Nevada, cathode production on site. It's a totally drastically more uh, decrease in the amount of fossil fuels per like, you know, pound of lithium to mine. I mean, just so, so, you know, I don't know. I guess I, that's another big takeaway here is the ethos of Tesla. Like, you know, Tesla puts out their impact report. Everything Tesla does is really with sustainability in mind. And it's like down to their core and the culture and their ethos. And that is so different than every other automotive and uh, company out there. But that is truly like, like, you know, I, Tesla is the only company in this industry that I believe is doing the right thing when no one's looking. You know, they're always trying to reduce their water usage. They're always trying to minimize their impact. They're always trying to put more renewable energy on their factories. They're always trying to, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, and it's, it's not just their mission, but you can see how they actually do that in their actions. Um, and that the way they talked about all this, I don't know, that's, that was so, so inspiring to me. Another big takeaway here was the, what Elon said about the most important thing in the long run is Tesla will be better at manufacturing. That is our key competitive long advantage moat. <laughs> uh, but I think also for long-term competitiveness, um, eventually every, every car company will have long range electric cars. Um, I, you know, eventually every company will have autonomy. I think, but not every company will be uh, great at, at manufacturing. Uh, Tesla will be absolutely head and shoulders above anyone else in manufacturing. That is our goal. I think that's a fascinating insight. And I do think it's also like five or 10 years before people catch up to the batteries and autonomy. So we got a long way to go uh, before that. A big takeaway here for long-term investors is that Tesla has laid out a strategic game plan. They know how they are going to scale production. There is not a bottleneck capping them at 500,000. Tesla is going to get to millions and millions of cars produced per year. They're going to do it with these game-changing new battery tech. I mean, this is what we need for them to scale into their valuation. And so for me, for the I've never been more confident and the long-term investor, this has never made me more bullish because I'm more confident than ever that Tesla has taken their destiny into their own hands here. They're, you know, they're not relying on anyone else. They, they know what the steps are needed to hit that price point to release that $25,000 car that is going to truly change the world and end the fossil fuel era. And that's what Battery Day was about. It was about cementing the technological roadmap to getting to that inevitable inflection point where EVs are better. And that inevitable inflection point of where EVs are better would have taken way longer to get there if it wasn't for Elon and Drew and Tesla's battery squad scheming on all this shit. So that is why this is so important is because it's about accelerating the transition to, to uh, renewable energy. And every year that we move faster to green technology, to green energy, we're saving so many long tail effects for our kids, our grandkids, and all of that stuff in the planet. And so uh, I, I don't know. That's That's my big takeaway here is this is good news. Like there's not enough good news in the world, but Tesla showed us two hours of it that we can barely wrap our heads around. Five in savage game-changing innovations in the world of battery technology. They have gone from a two to three year lead, in my opinion, of the battery cells in this car versus anything else on the road. It's now a potentially five to seven year lead when they begin commercializing their new cells. You know, leadership, the most important asset or liability a company has is not on its balance sheet, it's leadership, it's who's in the boardroom, it's who's running the company. A company's just a group of people at the end of the day. And Tesla, I mean, Elon Musk, I know we all talk about Elon Musk, but like the, the way this him and his team are pushing the envelope on how fast this moves and the way I've seen, you know, I follow a lot of electric vehicle companies for years and to see their, the way they move and scale production and vertically integrate, like it's just even the fastest moving companies in the electric vehicle space are moving so much slower than Tesla. And the way, you know, it's, it's, I'm trying to like put this in context, but it's like, it's almost like people are driving like, you know, 
my mom's 1998 Nissan Quest minivan versus like a brand new Tesla Roadster. And that it's like, that's the race right now. That's Tesla versus everybody else. Uh, because what really happened here is we've had Tesla for 10 or 15 years being researching and, and moving ahead on this technology that everybody thought was going to fail, that nobody thought was going to work. And all those 15 years of doing it when nobody else was doing it and having that contrarian viewpoint of electric cars are the future when nobody believed it is that that advantage and that head start is what led to all of this accumulation of knowledge and expertise, which is allowing them to do this. I don't know. This is... It's, it's an insane moment in business history. This is a case study that I think needs to just needs to just sit with all of us because this, the pace of vertical integration, the ability to, to move manufacturing back to the United States, to do everything on site, to use sunlight, to turn raw materials um, into batteries, and then eventually cars from literally sunlight. I mean, this is, this is the stuff that people are going to talk about in hundreds of years as you know, the Rockefeller, the Vanderbilts, these were the new technological shifts that changed our society, that propelled us forward, that launched us into a brighter future with less emissions. Um, and it's just savage to watch. And that's why my question for Elon Musk and Drew at the at, during battery day was like, yo, like what else is this gonna enable? Thinking long-term, um, is there any other segments that this new battery will be able to disrupt or electrify um, beyond just the initial Model 2 or cheaper sedan, like a boat, boring company, Luke, plane, boat? Where are you, Golly? Are you there? What's up? Right here. Uh, okay, great. I mean, uh, man, yeah, it's, I'm just it's like, like, it's like ventriloquism here, you know? It's like, uh, we just get the sound out of the speaker and you can't tell where the heck it's coming from. <laughs> Yeah, any hints or is the Model 2 such a big deal because it decreases the cost of transportation that that is really the disruption? Or should we get hyped that this new cost curve opens up different vehicle categories like a high passenger density bus, boring loop, boat, plane? Um, well, I mean, there's, there, there are batteries in limited production right now that do exceed 400 uh, watt hours per kilogram, which I think is about the number you need for a decent range medium-range uh, aircraft, um, and uh, I think our batteries will, over time, start to approach the 400 watt-hours per kilogram range as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, over time we'll see all modes of transport, uh, with the ironic exception of rockets, uh, transition to sustainability, um, or to, to electric, basically. Um, on, the, on the rocket front, uh, what we're planning to do is uh, like about 80% of Starship is, oxy is uh, liquid oxygen, um, and uh, we're actually already uh, run running a power line to be able to use wind power to create the liquid oxygen. So we're making you know some decent progress on uh, sustainability on the rocket front, but there's just no way to have an electric rocket, um, and it's important for the future of uh, life and consciousness that we become a multi-planet species. So uh, got to keep doing that. Actually, in retrospect, I think it was kind of a bad question because it wasn't about products. And the Model 2, I think that is really the game changer. Nothing else matters right now for Tesla because if they can get that $25,000 car out and build 10 million of them a year, that is going to make them so much money. That is going to do so much for their impact. Um, it makes total sense that they're absolutely laser focused on that. But Elon Musk did kind of answer my question was like, we're already scheming on that 400 watt hour per kilogram battery cell. We're going to electrify everything that needs to be electrified. I know I'm going to keep bugging Elon to do the electric airplane and the electric boat and the electric bus, the electric boring company loop. I don't know. This battery unlocks all of that. This battery division is going to unlock all of those future products as well. And so I know they didn't want to talk about them, but yes, I think a Tesla airplane is coming. If it's not, it's because they're going to do a jet under some other company. Maybe SpaceX will do it. But I think, you know, this battery, Tesla's battery division, this that Drew is leading, 
this thing is going to come up with a 400 watt hour per kilogram battery and it's up to elon whether they put it in his vtol jet or not and so that is pretty exciting um i also think the semi truck the validation that this is a new battery cell uh i mean that it makes me think that the sem electric semi truck mar uh, market for tesla i think financially is something that to really focus on in the near term if they can scale battery production because you know nobody's ever going to produce an electric semi that competes with tesla unless they come up with this cell it's going to take me impossible to come up with this cell. And so I think Tesla's semi truck where it's all about economics, it's all about operating costs. It's all about the te core technology and performance of that battery um, per cost, per dollar you're spending on it. Tesla's that's where Tesla's going to shine. That's where they're going to take market share the fastest because of the economic ROI of that industry. And so I think that's another thing that got me really excited about this battery day is, okay, now we know what's going in the semi truck. Now we know why the semi truck can pull off all these crazy specs. And now we know why no one's going to be able to pull it off because they're not, they don't have these battery cells and okay here's another thing that's crazy all the electric vehicle companies and people i've talked to are blown away all the industry insiders sandy monroe i was just with mark frohmeyer uh of arkhamoto all the people that everybody's blown away by what Tesla announced in the industry. The closer you are to battery technology, the more impressed you are with what has been announced. And every single electric vehicle person I talk to, every single company is drooling to get these cells because they're so good and they're so much better than what's on the market. Literally, it, it kind of made me like so bullish on Tesla and what they're doing and how incredible this is because you hear just the amount of I don't even know what Ford and GM are thinking. If I was them, I would be getting on the phone with Elon begging them to buy to buy batteries but uh anyway i don't think that's gonna happen so okay folks that wraps up my battery day analysis hyper change i'm gonna have so much more battery tesla content coming your way you already know so subscribe if you haven't already but i would love to know what you thought of battery day in the comments below please leave it i want to know everything i'm still researching doing my homework there's so much to learn so anyway i'll see y'all next time this is me reporting from the hyper ship have an awesome day and yeah you know be in a good mood be happy tesla battery day they're pushing, you know, th thank Drew and, and Elon and the squad for pushing this technology forward to give us some hope for a sustainable energy future, because um, that gets me more excited and optimistic every morning, knowing that there's that team working on this with such amazing resources and just those batteries flying off the line in Fremont. Um, I love it. Anyway, see y'all next time. Peace.